Get ready to stand on guard for the... Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask lucky bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong. Featuring lucky bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not lucky bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some lucky bastard? Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Hello. And Mike McLaughlin from Left Wing Lock. Mike, what's up? Hey, uh, lots of rain over here, but I'm, I'm excited to be on the podcast again this week. Absolutely. We love having you here. So uh, episode 98, so, so close, Bruce, to 100 episodes. So close. So close. Here we are. Uh, NHL Fantasy Preview for Week 16. And before we get too far along, I should mention that this episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, which opened in 2012 and was inspired from a lottery win. Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distillery to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition, home of Canada's ultimate Caesar. Mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code HockeyHacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. Uh... Mike, I feel like your your Flyers are trying just a little bit too hard for a team that has a real opportunity <laughs> to draft Connor Bedard. Yeah, it's it's very very frustrating to me. Like, I, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Just they've been mediocre for what a decade or more now. Yeah. Uh, they've they've never been good in a long time, and they're not taking advantage of a situation where they are expected to be terrible, and they are pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. They lost tonight, which was good. Uh, Winnipeg yep. beat them, so I was happy to see that. But, I mean, they, they really need a top-five pick. Uh, they really do. If they could line this one up, they got you know a top-five pick last year, that would be a very good start to a new team. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, and on the flip side, Bruce, our, our Oilers are finally getting their shit together. So six straight wins. That's pretty good to see. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> Don't fall apart. you coming up. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Exactly. They've got some, uh, some pretty lower in the standings teams coming up. So there's a few, uh, as we like to call them, trap games coming up for them. So hopefully they don't fall into that trap. And Which historically they have, right? So that's the concern, of course. Have done a great job of just falling flat into the trap and losing uh, games it, they have no right to lose yeah on paper anyway yeah that, that that run you guys have gone on you know your your playoff chances have basically jumped from you know in the upper 40s to almost 80 percent now nice so these are looking good music to my ears uh john is going to be here probably in about five or ten minutes um i'm not sure what he's doing probably working late or something but um, he told me just to let everybody know he'll be along shortly. Uh, we're going to cover off John's list. So for those of you that are new to the show, this is John's shit list of players past and present, uh, as well as interesting and current topics from around the hockey world. My pick for this week, and I'll start with this one. John has one as well. But for this week, I'm going with the uh, Nikita Kucherov and the Temper Bay Tantrums. 
for being a bunch of greasy <laughs> crybabies on Thursday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Nice. Um, yeah. So I, I can't take credit for temper Bay tantrums. Somebody else came up with that. I just, I liked it. So I used it. Um, but man, they were just, it was hard to watch. It's like, Hey, these guys are two times Stanley cup champions in the last three years. And, and they are, they're honestly acting like a bunch of crybabies on the ice. Like Kalorn is slamming his stick like a two year old in, in Toys R Us or something. It was r- ridiculous. And <laughs> Nikita Kucherov got away with murder for basically two and a half periods. Like I, it was absolutely unbelievable. The things he was getting away with. And then for him to hit Kane from behind and then for Kane to get an extra two minutes for tripping him as he gets up, like, give me a break. Um, as I said on Twitter, the NHL can get bent for that one. So <laughs> that's that's my little tantrum for now. Um, Wish I didn't miss the game. Yeah, I mean, it was a hell of a hockey game. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun to watch. There was, there was fights. There was goals. There was, like, all the things you want in a game on a random night in January. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Just frustrating to watch at times. Um, and then John had a, an addition here for his, his list, which he isn't here for usually. But uh, he's going <laughs> to the Vancouver Canucks for just being a shitty organization. I don't think anyone here would disagree. No, the last two weeks have been a pretty much a way you don't want to run an NHL team. Like it's worst worst kept secret in the last what, two weeks that Boudreaux was on his way out and that Tockett was on his way in. Yeah. Yeah, too bad. Uh, I guess yeah, we just wish Bruce all the best because he's done some really good things in terms of coaching and uh, by all intents and purposes, a a nice guy and and. He's well liked, right? I mean, I, I read earlier on Twitter that there was like a parade of players to his office after the game, and they were they were all in tears saying goodbye to the guy. So uh, I think he's got a lot of respect inside that dressing room. Uh, it's just too bad the way things went down. The only thing that would have made the availability this morning better would have had Kevin Owens come out of the back and stun the entire team, talk at Alvin Rutherford right on the thing, and then just walk out and then just. Have Bruto walk in, just smile, and then walk out like a perfect pro wrestling thing, right? That would have been perfect. But and, and then just like overlay the audio of Bruce, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> he, as he walks <laughs> <Exactly>. out. <laughs> Kevin Owens stuns the entire uh, upper management of the well, at, at the very least, at least at least uh the Canucks are on the hook to pay to, to pay Bruder for the you know the rest of his contract. Yeah. Yep. At least. okay well there you have it that's john's list for this week uh let's move on to fantasy lock then presented by left wing lock and this week i went with steven stamkos um scored 500 goals this week didn't score 500 goals he scored his 500th eh? yeah just this week uh (laughs) scored his 500th nhl goal this week he's just the eighth player in league history to score his 500th career goal and record a hat trick in the same game the other players, the other eight players, or ever, other seven, were Gene Bellevue, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Marilyn Mew, Mark Messier, Brett Hall, Yarmir Yager, and Matt Sundin. So some pretty elite company there. Uh, he also joins Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby as the only active players in the 500-goal club. Um, wow. Yeah, so some pretty impressive company there for Steven Samkos. He's on pace for 42 goals and 98 points, uh, six Points, five goals, one game winner, 15 shots on goal, plus three, 71% power play share, just shy of 20 minutes average time on ice in four games played during week 15. 
Um, so he continues to impress. And, and Mike, I know you've kind of sung his praises in, in past episodes. Um, I think most most fantasy managers are over the, the injury concerns with Steven Stamkos and he's been producing. So, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. And, and just a good Canadian kid, so we like him. Um, all right, so with that, Bruce, headlines with the Hacks for January 16th to the 22nd. Take it away, my friend. All right, we start off the week with a contract signing. Uh, Matt Boldy signed a seven-year contract extension with the Minnesota Wild worth $7 million per season. Uh, the 21-year-old forward has 12 goals, 29 points, in 41 games. He scored 39 points in 47 games last season with the Wild. So as a lot of people online are saying that uh, this is going to look like a bargain here in a couple of years, the way Boldy is trending. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't love it today. But Mike, would you would you agree with the sentiment online that in a few years it looked like a bargain? Yeah, I, I like it in the long term. Uh, this contract for him, I think it's going to work out very well for Minnesota. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a bargain long term. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, next up for. Much to make a bunch of very happy Oiler fans. Evander Kane returned to the Oilers lineup on Tuesday after being out of the lineup since November 8th when he had his wrist cut by a skate in the game versus Tampa. It's been a nice nice addition back into the lineup. I like that Maroon talked to him during warm-up and just checked in on him, said, hey, you're okay. There's a bit of, like, that was just kind of a a courteous thing to do. I, I, I appreciated that from Maroon. Oh, right, because it was Maroon Skate, right? That Yeah, obviously not intentional, yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. I uh, totally forgot about that. Uh, some other injury news. Josh Norris has been activated off of IR by the Ottawa Senators. Norris had been out of the lineup since October 22nd when he suffered a shoulder injury. They really haven't said what the shoulder injury was other than it's just a shoulder injury, but he is back now. Uh, we have a guest. Just give me one second here, Bruce. John. Wow. Guest <laughs> status. Hey, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> you have to make at least two consecutive weeks before you can become a host. So, oh no, <laughs> I am so sorry. You follow like each month next right? week. Next yeah, week. Next I week. will be official hosting status. Okay. <laughs> All right. We look forward to it. Uh, we're just, we're just going through headlines. So, so welcome back. Beauty. All right. Uh, as, uh, Devin talked about earlier, Steven Stamko scored his, uh, career goal number 500 Wednesday night versus the Vancouver Canucks. He got a standing ovation from the crowd in Vancouver as well for that. I don't think the, the crowd in Vancouver is too happy with them anyways. So <laughs> it's probably had something to do with it. Could be, could be. Uh, um, just sorry, Bruce, John, just, yeah. you know, I did mention your Vancouver John's okay. list bit there. Yeah. So the, the listeners are aware. Yeah. Trash organization. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and just like that, John's out. <laughs> All right. Um, Miko Rantanen is the fastest player in Colorado Avalanche history to record 30 goals in a season. He just needed 42 games to do it. The record was previously held by Joe Sackick at 44 games. I'm loving Rantanen this year. Uh, quite happy. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him and McCarr, I got them at the turn. It's fantastic. <laughs> Knock on wood, he stays healthy. 
Uh, and actually, in all seriousness, Bruce, what he's doing this year with the amount of injuries they've had in Colorado is pretty impressive. It's been very impressive, considering, yeah, everyone. I don't think they've had the entire team together yet for a game, have they? I don't think so. Well, no, because Landeskog's still out. He's not even skating yet. Yeah. So, he may make an appearance yeah. for the playoffs if they make it. <laughs> Go the Kucher off-road. Well, it, it kind of feels like an LTIR cap circumvention situation. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just said, ah, he's not doing well. We'll keep, we'll keep him on the bench for a bit. And, we get yeah. too close to returning early. They'll just give him the Mark Stone shot to the ankle and just keep him out for a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he, oh, Speaking of long-term injuries, uh, Max, pa- Max Pacioretty was helped off the ice Thursday night after re-tearing his Achilles tendon, so he's done for the season. That's Brutal. not a, that was not a, that was not fun to watch. Yeah, I don't like the guy, but yeesh. Yeah, yeah exactly. No good. And non-contact too, right? He just went to take a, just went to push off, and it just went boop, and there it goes. Yep. It's yeah. Yeah, there, there's been two hockey injuries this season that. I I feel them when I see them. Like I, I can watch guys like break their jaw, lose their teeth, break their shoulder. Like I hear about surgeries on their knees. I don't care. Like like I mean I care, but I don't feel any of it. But when I heard about uh, was it Schleifley or Wheeler who, who testicle exploded? Oh, that was Wheeler. 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 He got knocked in the ball <laughs> by a, a puck. That one I still feel it when I talk about it tonight. Like I can feel phantom pain in my ball. <laughs> and then the whole world feels that one. Right. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, the Achilles tendon is another one that when I hear it, I kind of feel it. I don't know why. Cause I've never, I've never torn my Achilles. I never want to, but it's, if it just seems like something that would be horrible and it goes in that same box as the puck to the testicles. It's something I feel phantom pain for. I'm I'm with you on the yeah. Achilles thing. That's one I I would yeah. never want to experience. No, me neither. I, mean, I got two bad ankles already, so I don't need that to go along with it. Oy. Uh another injury note I had in here. So Sergey Sergey Bobrovsky had a lower suffered a lower body injury Thursday night versus the Canadians. So I made a note of this because Spencer Knight is already out as well. I think he's conditioning now down in the AHL, but. The starting duties fell upon Alex Lyon. Thanks, Alex. He helped me out to a win over the weekend, so that was good. <laughs> Bruce streaming goalies, nice. Oh, I got to do something. My goaltenders are just, as John would say, trash. <laughs> did it to yourself. Yeah, I did that one to myself. I'm trying to trade him right now. We'll see what happens. In our group chat, Bruce mentioned he's drafting goalies in the first three rounds next year. Yeah, first three. Unless I get McDavid, <laughs> then I'm not. It'll be fourth. Third. <laughs> two through four but otherwise first three rounds it's all goalies i'm not doing the zero g thing anymore sorry nate not doing it speaking of goaltenders devin will be happy tristan jerry was activated from ir on friday started versus the ottawa senders and the penguins did win four to one in that game i was quite happy to have him back uh tough loss today against the devils but dougie hamilton with an absolute rocket um, and, and still a pretty good start from, from Jari. 2-1 loss in overtime, so I'll take it. Uh, I, I haven't gone full 0-G like you did, Bruce. I've, I've got 
Well, actually, I kind of did, but now I've got Vanacek, Jari, and Gustafson to work with. So I've got, I, I'm like maybe one tier ahead of where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty in my. Well, in the one team, I do have the two, I have the two Leaf goalies. So that's okay that's there. Yep. But the other team, yeah, it's no, not good. It's not good. Uh, Jeff, Pe- Jeff Petrie was also activated from IR in that game. He uh, spent the game with uh, 25 minutes, 25 seconds time on ice. Power play assist, four shots and six hits. So not nice. bad for a first game back. Petrie owners will be happy with that. Yep. Uh, another move that Pittsburgh made is they shifted Chris Letang from IR to LTIR. Uh, this was retroactive, though, back to December 28th. So the 24 days and how many games has passed already, so he can be reactivated whenever he's ready. If you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you probably want to put your hands over your ears right about now. Uh, Canadiens forward Cole Caulfield suffered a season-ending shoulder injury versus the Panthers over the weekend. Uh, In 46 games this season, he hit 36 points, 26 goals, and 10 assists. His 26 goals were good for 11th in the league at this time. So, sucks for Cole, but possibly good for Montreal. They could possibly get him. Better shot at getting Bedard. So I guess that's yep. the glass half full way of looking at it. But uh, Connor McDavid became the fastest player to score 40 goals in a season since Pavel Burry in 1999-2000 season. He did it in 48 games. Okay, so I'm going to ask, what do you guys think? How many goals is McDavid going to score this season? Oh, it's going to be over 60. Okay, final number, Bruce. What are you going with? 65? So we're, what, just over halfway. He's got 40. You know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say 72. Love it. John, what are you going with? Uh, 67. I'm going to go 69. Ah, nice. Mike, what do you think? Carry the He one. wanted to say 69, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be like 58. 66. 66? 66. Okay. And then the next question is, will the Toronto media make as big a deal of it as they did last year with Matthews? No. Not a chance. (laughs) Not a chance. We will. They will be stoking stoking the Austin Matthews for Connor McDavid trade. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Or... Coming out of Arizona will be Will Matthews bolt for the desert. That'll yeah. be the next one. Yeah. Well, Sorry, Lisa. They, man, let's Ted take a shot. If the Leafs don't win a round of the playoffs this year, that is going to be one huge story coming up. Is Will Matthews leave the Leafs and head to the desert? Uh, last bit of news I had here was just the uh, as we aforementioned uh, Vancouver Canucks and their treatment of Bruce Boudreau and. How much I would have loved to have seen Kevin Owens stun the entire upper management of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> would have made for a great wrestling promotion. That's all, right. all I got for the news. Thank you, sir. Uh, we got one question here for Ask the Hacks. Actually, we might have had a couple, but uh, I got one here that we're going to talk about. So would you drop Jones, that's Martin Jones, for Bobrovsky, Bennington, Talbot, Hart, or Gustafson? Other goaltender is Anderson, Frederick Anderson. And although he gets wins, uh, feels like he, there might be better options than a Jones. 
So categories are wins, goals against average, and save percentage only. Um, my suggestion was to go with Gustafson based on goals against average and save percentage if it's a categories league. Um, yes, Jones will get you the wins, but Gustafson's essentially playing 50% time in Minnesota, so he's going to get you some wins despite losing yesterday. Uh, what do you guys think? Bennington's trash. <laughs> Bruce. Thanks, John. <laughs> You've established that, yep. You've established that, I think. Uh, Hart, no, that's, that's a rough one. Bobrovsky injured yeah. again. Um, yeah. Talbot, I think, is basically splitting time too, isn't he, in Ottawa? I think they're yeah. hoping someone, well, eventually one of the goalies is going to win a game. And then they'll yeah. go with that one for a couple games. Uh, yeah. Right, Mike, what do you think? I, I would drop Jones here. I, I think Seattle is going to go on a cold, cold streak here because – They've been scoring goals at an obscene rate uh, so far this season at even strength. And I think that's going to drop off. And if you look at the goaltending numbers in Seattle, they're actually terrible. Yeah, um, really terrible. Yeah, they're like both guys are posting like a 9-0-4 or something on the season mm-hmm. uh, save percentage. So, so when that goal scoring support runs out, the wins will no longer be there for Jones. Not at the rate that this guy is used to. And so I would drop Jones here. I like the Gustafson suggestion. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I even think Hart and Bobrovsky are good backup picks here uh, because Hart gets a lot of starts and his save percentage is actually pretty reasonable. I, I think he's in the kind of like the nine one three neighborhood. Um, and that's, I mean, that's obviously much better than Martin Jones. Yep. Yep. Okay. We'll go with that then. Uh, and then, John, as promised, we're going to move on to our DraftKings ad read here. And since you were late, too, we're just going to let you do the ad read. So, we, so you get some air time, buddy. <laughs> oh, perfect. Give me one. <laughs> okay. As a... Oh, hold on. <laughs> as a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings. Stepped up game, stepped up same game parlays. I am struggling today. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Alrighty, and on that note, John, thank you. Um, but <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners, right? That's okay. Um, but Bruce, congrats to you and the Bengals. I don't know if we talked about that much off the top of the show, but that's thank that's God. great for you. Back to the AFC Championship. You bet they uh, they went into Buffalo and took care of business today, and they were all business. And how do you feel about your chances against the Chiefs? Good. They, Good. They beat them twice last year. They can do it again. Mahomes isn't going to be 100%, so we'll see what happens there. He's got a sprained ankle, so his mobility will be a bit limited. So we'll see. But hopefully they come in and 
do what they did today. Today they came in, they were all business, and they just took it to Buffalo. Buffalo was down by, I think, 17 before they knew it hit them. Yeah. Well, for your sake, I hope they pull it out. So, Me too. It would be nice to see them in the Super Bowl again. Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on to edge work, the segment where we put in the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues. Starting with the NHL schedule, and here is what you need to know. Week 16 is going to be steady with Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday being the busiest nights of the week. There are a total of 50 games on the schedule and just three light days. That's 50% or fewer NHL teams in action, uh, with Monday, Wednesday, and Friday being the slow days. In terms of optimizing the schedule, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only team to play four games at home, all of which take place on light days. There are five of the teams, the Islanders, Florida, Columbus, Boston, and Buffalo, that play four games next week. All of the teams play three games, with the exception of Edmonton and Nashville, who play just a pair of games. Uh, according to Left Wing Lock Strength of Schedule Metric, the Anaheim Ducks, surprisingly, have the most favorable schedule at minus 25, with matchups against Arizona twice and Colorado. The New York Rangers uh, have the toughest schedule with a plus 22 strength of schedule rating uh, with matchups against Florida, Toronto, and Vegas. And a quick recap of the schedule. Monday, four games. Tuesday, 11. Wednesday, five. Thursday, nine. Friday, eight. Saturday, 11. And Sunday, two. And that will bring us to our NHL Week 16 waiver wire targets, starting with Tyler Sagan, making a bit of a comeback this year. Uh, 57% rostered, three games on the schedule next week. With Hints uh, being sidelined here temporarily, we've got him playing next to Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. On Thursday, he posted a great stat line of two goals. One is a game winner, one assist, two penalty minutes, two hits, five shots on goal, and seven faceoff wins. Uh, eight points, five goals, 22 shots on goal, 10 hits, and 52% faceoff wins uh, in his last six, six games played. He's on pace for 59 points. That is the best offensive production we've seen from him since 2019-2020. Um, he is in a bit of a heater here, Mike, at 22.7 individual shooting percentage uh, and almost a 90 IPP. So a couple of red flags to look out for, but uh, Sagan will undoubtedly lose his prime deployment once Hintz returns. That's the other thing to keep in mind here too. So uh, any other comments or ideas when it comes to Sagan, guys? No, just nice to see a bounce back from him. Okay. Uh, John, you like this one? Kirby Doc, center right wing eligible for the Montreal Canadiens. We've got a bit of a Montreal theme happening this week, and it wasn't intentional, but there's just some guys that have been doing well as of late. So uh, 18% rostered, three games next week. He's playing in a line with Anderson and Hoffman. Uh, he may get some time in the top six or in the, on the top line too. We'll, we'll have to see. It's kind of, he's kind of been bounced around a little bit, but... Um, it's gone well for him, though, in Montreal in his first season. 29 points, 8 goals through 46 games. That's a career-best 52-point pace over 82 games. 7 points and 3 goals in his last 10. Uh, with the exception of the game against Boston, Doc and the Habs have a favorable schedule for next week. Uh, 1.8 shots on goal per game and 62% power play share, both career highs for him. All righty. Uh, Kevin Hayes. Mike, you'll like this one, or maybe not, since you want the Habs or the, the Flyers to lose more games than they win. But um, he's been playing great, and it's funny because he's kind of been in Tortorella's doghouse, right? I mean, he has, yeah. 
for whatever reason, they don't seem to get along. But uh, Kevin Hayes, after posting his first career hat trick against the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday, is on pace for 73 points with 40 points and 13 goals in 45 games. That doesn't include the goal that he scored today. Did he have any additional points in that game? Um, not sure. I thought he uh, might have gotten two goals, but I'm, I'm not. Maybe I, okay. maybe I saw that wrong. I can tell you in a second here. He got. He did get two goals today. Okay, so there you go. So some of those numbers will be uh, a little bit better, even. So uh, he's shooting at a career high 3.0 shots on goal per game, 61% power play share, and 1805 time on ice. Uh, I guess that's now 12 points. Uh, six goals in his last 10 games played. 3.8 shots on goal per game in his last 10. He had nine shots against Chicago on Thursday. Uh, Tevish is right around league average at 8.3%. 9.7-ish is below his career average of 11.8%. So, I mean, Mike, is there any red flags really to be concerned with Kevin Hayes right now? Uh, not that I can see. I, I mean, I, his primary assist rate looks a little high to me. But when I look at his secondary assists, uh, those are a little bit low. Um, so if anything, you might see the assist drop off here because that, that primary assist rate's really high, actually. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, things are looking good. The shot production is excellent for him, uh, especially considering he's playing on the third line. Yeah. I, I, I think he should be rostered in more leagues. He's only at 33% last I looked. So uh, if he's available, I would go grab him if he needs some help at forward. Next guy up here, Victor Olofsson, right wing and 9% roster for the Buffalo Sabres. Four games on the schedule for them next week. He's playing with Middlestat and Yost on the third line and on the second power play unit. I mean, this is a guy that played historically a lot of time on the first power play unit for Buffalo and a bit of a power play specialist, but uh, he's been on quite the run lately with nine points, eight goals in his last nine games played. Uh, he's playing a career low 14-24 time on ice and his power play time on ice, like I was alluding to, has, has dropped over the past three seasons. But... Shot volume's consistent at 2.3 shots on goal per game, and he's still on pace for 50 points. Uh, 20.4-ish, Bruce. Obviously not sustainable. Nice. Oh, uh, sure he can. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure he can, right, sure Mike? We've got can. lots sure of 20% can. shooters in the NHL yeah. these days. Oh, yeah. Very common. Uh, <laughs> 7.8 Tevish suggests he may benefit from some puck luck moving forward, but he's been he's been solid lately. The points are coming, so give him a look. Uh, Jonathan Tase, 10% rostered, three games on the schedule. He's playing with Kurashev and Radish on the second line for the Hawks. The question, guys, how much how much fuel has he got left in the tank? Um, you know, it's it's been a topic of conversation on Twitter, online, lots lately. Who, where is he going? Is he getting traded? Um, did anybody here have some thoughts on on where he could end up at the trade deadline, and if he does in fact get moved? I think Winnipeg is the name that comes up a lot because he's from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But that that one's come up a lot. I think it was lightly tossed around for Edmonton too. I, I think um, he'd be a great fit in Edmonton on the third line. Colorado like I, I, could be in, yeah. Yep, yep. They need a center more than McKinnon. Unless they want McKinnon and Ranton to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, sorry, Mike. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say. You know, I think still kind of a long shot here for a center is the Carolina Hurricanes. I can yeah. see it, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm not sure that they love what's going on down the middle there. Remember, they 
they started this season with that Kat Konami, Kat guy that they thought yeah. would be the two C, right? And and that didn't last very long. He's he's on a, down on the fourth line, and they've had to use Statsny, I think, in a slightly higher spot than they want to this season. Yeah, he was kind of an insurance pickup for them in the summer, right? Like they, right? He was, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I kind of saw him as somebody who would who would play the wing while Pacioretty was out. And then when Pacioretty came back in, you might see Statsny, you know, kind of filter down the lineup. But now they don't have that luxury anymore. So I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if uh, Carolina looks at Taves. Yeah, they've got Stastny lined up with Sveshnikov and Nietzsche. So, I mean, imagine putting Taze in between those two guys. I like that. Um, what about... Uh, yeah, maybe not. They're centered. I was going to say the Rangers, but their center depth seems okay. Um, yeah, not those guys either. Okay, well, see where things go, I guess. Um, anyway, so he, he's been good lately. Uh, seven points, two goals, 75% power play share, 18 and a half minutes time on ice in seven games played. Uh, he's got 27 points and 13 goals in 43 games. So he's on pace for 51 points this year. Uh, 17.8 ish Bruce is well above his three year and career averages. Nearly 64% face off wins at a career high. Uh, and his 7.7 Tevish says maybe some puck luck on the way. So. And again, one of those guys, I mean, this is a strategy I kind of like to use if you find some of these players that may move to a contender at the trade deadline and if it's, in fact, in a more favorable position. I don't think moving from Chicago to any of the teams mentioned is going to hurt Taze's fantasy value. Yeah, not at all. And, and you know, if anything, he might even see, like, a nicer offensive zone start share. Because uh, in Chicago, he's, he's, you know, he's playing minutes are sub 50% as far as offensive zone starts. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So give him a look, uh, especially if your league counts face-offs at 64% face-off when that's, that's really nice right now. Uh, Alex Kalorn, I was kind of ripping this guy earlier, but left wing, right wing eligible, 24% rostered uh, playing with Stamkos and Sorelli and on power play too. So some nice things there in terms of fantasy, 33 points and 14 goals. Uh, he's on pace for a career-high 60 points this season. Uh, and he continues to produce in spite of his very difficult defensive deployment. So he's got 43% offensive zone starts. Um, nine points, four goals in his last 11 games. Again, high shooting percentage at 18.2%. It's above both his three-year and career averages. Uh, the even-strength shooting percentage, Mike, at 12%. Should we see a bit of a pullback here in production from Kalorn? Uh, I would expect it. I, you know, one, one thing that concerns me when I see a guy like Kalorn, at least for the long term here, is you've got a guy who's taking fewer than two shots per game and he has a really high shooting percentage. Yeah. And that, I mean, it doesn't always mean bad things are going to happen, but it sets the stage for a cold streak. And we, we saw that with Suzuki earlier this season. He went something like 13 games without a goal. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he had very similar numbers as, as Killorn as far as shot volume and shot, uh, sorry, shooting percentage. 
Okay. And, and yeah, we've seen Kalorn go cold at times. Like, wasn't it last year he went 18 games, like into the playoffs, he went 18 games or something without a, a goal or a point? He had a really high shooting percentage in Chicago, right? When he, when he was with Chicago. And then he got traded to Tampa Bay, and, and people were like, where are the goals? Where are the goals? And he, <laughs> he already spent them, man. He already spent them. They're gone. They're gone. Yep. I, I mean, like in general, I, I always try to find guys with a higher shot volume, but sometimes you just have to go with those guys that don't shoot much, but they're putting up points or they're getting lucky just on a heater. Right. And, and it, it seems to work as a streamer. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's, that's the beauty about things like, you know, like a one or two week thing for advice is that you look for the best situations and Killorn's in a very good situation in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of good situations, let's talk about Jason Zucker. Uh, left wing eligible, 31% roster. He's playing with Malkin and Raquel and on power play too. Uh, it looks like he sort of figured out things offensively here in Pittsburgh. He was he was a pretty, um, I would say, somewhat valuable player in Minnesota. And it just seemed in Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, he couldn't get things to, to go right. Uh, but he's on pace for 60 points after posting seven, uh, including five goals in his last seven games. And another reason I like him is three hits per game on average right now. So if you're in bangers leagues, he, he adds some value that way. Uh, 14% shooting, which is above his three year and career averages and nearly 70% offensive zone starts. That's a career high for him. So if you want offense, they're using them the right way. And he's got some nice line mates. Yeah, that's, that's a really nice selection there. All righty. So there you go. Um, Looks like they got a couple, maybe tough games, Florida, Washington, but they should have no trouble with San Jose at home. So I would give him a look. Uh, moving on to defenders, we got Ryan Graves out of New Jersey, 25% rostered. Uh, he's playing the second pairing with uh, Severson. He's not a flashy defenseman. He's not overly physical, but he's steady at 1.36 hits per game, 1.8 blocks per game uh, to go along with the 31-point pace. He He's kind of... He's facing his opponent's top competitors and starting 60% of his shifts in the defensive zone. So I guess don't expect a ton of offense from this guy. But for whatever reason, he got seven points and two goals in his last nine contests. So I thought it was at least worth mentioning on the episode here. Um, 7.6-ish, Bruce, is a career high. And his uh, even strength shooting percentage is 10.9%. So a couple things there I would say to be concerned with. But jersey's rolling. Um we seem to talk about at least one or two devils per week this season. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the guy that no one knows how to pronounce his name, Matt Grizzlechuk, whatever his name is, Grizzlechuk, <laughs> Grizzlech, uh, Matt Grizzlech out of Boston. 10% rostered, four games on the schedule for him next week, playing on that top pairing with Charlie McAvoy, who scored an absolutely unbelievable goal. Um, was that earlier this evening? Yeah, coast to coast. Yeah, against San Jose, that was that was a nice goal. Um, what else can we tell you about Grizzly? I, I guess just exposure to Marshawn Bergeron, Pasternak at times. Uh, Seventeen, eleven time on ice, and his shot volume uh, one point four shots on goal per game. Both leave something to be desired, but again, putting up points. So seven points, two goals in his last nine played. Um, could make sense in some deeper leagues. I'll be honest, there wasn't a ton for defensemen this week when I looked at the waiver wire, so uh, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here right now. And then last defensive option is Mike Matheson out of Montreal. So again, I, I promised you a bit of a Montreal theme or flavor here. So 5% rostered, uh, three games next week, 
playing on the top pairing with uh, David Savard. Again, definitely one of those deep league ads if your league counts hits and pims. Uh, he made his return to the Habs blue line on Tuesday after being sidelined with injuries since December 23rd. His ice time shows Montreal's easing him back into action, but through those first two games, he has one assist, five pims, six hits, and he's played 731 with the man advantage uh, as part of the team's top unit. Seven points in 12 games this season puts him at an 82-game pace of 48 points. 3.8-ish is well below his three-year average of 6.7 and 6% for his career. Uh, 50 IPP is a bit high for defenseman. Did you guys see that reverse hit he threw against uh, Eric Stahl the other day? Nope. No, but it was probably good because, you know, Eric Stahl. <laughs> Nobody likes him. Is that well, how injured? Yeah, so, yeah, Stahl is, uh, yeah, he left that game. I think it's a concussion thing, right? Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, so... <laughs> There are some people calling for... Well, I don't even think there was a penalty on the play, to be honest, but... Um, yeah, so I, I was going to ask you guys if you thought it was dirty or not, but it doesn't look, sound like you've heard or saw the play, so I won't, I won't bother. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't see it. I, I guess the NHL did fine him for that hit, though. He got he got nabbed for $5,000. Yeah. The NHL seems to be going out of their way to, to make sure guys don't get suspended, right? And... I understand that in the playoffs, but there's been a lot of stuff where it's like last year it seemed like they maybe get a game for it. Uh, this year they're like, ah, we'll just fine him five thousand dollars. He'll he won't do that again. We'll find him five grand. He won't do it again. Okay, sure NHL, good job. Uh, all right, let's move on to goaltenders. Again, starting with the Montreal Canadiens, Sam Montembeau, thirteen percent rostered, three games next week, uh, Boston, Detroit, and Ottawa. He's, he's essentially their starter right now, right? Jake Allen's going to miss a minimum of one week with an upper body injury. Uh, Montebo himself has been fantastic uh, of late, posting a 4-3-0 record with a 2.56 goals against average, a 9.34 save percentage, and a ridiculous 12.27 goals saved above expected. So, Bruce, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, need a goaltender. Go pick him up right now. What are you doing? Probably should. Uh, I, I actually considered it just based on some of his numbers, but then I realized it's, it's Montreal and they – they don't have Cole Caulfield and um, they got some other injuries they're dealing with. Like there's some concerns, but he's, his numbers are really good of late. They have been um, really good as of late. Yeah. So Boston, obviously I'm not going to start Montebo against the Boston Bruins, especially if you're in a league that is, you know, it's going to count save percentage and, and goals against average and things of that nature. Uh, you know, all irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably going to bench him for that one. And then I, I wouldn't be afraid to start him though against Detroit or Ottawa uh, this week. Um, note his, he's, he has a career high 920 even strike save percentage this year and an 863 PK save percentage suggests performance has not been bolstered by luck. Uh, Mike, do you have any comments on Sam Mont- Montebo moving forward? Uh, no, not really. Uh, but I do like those two spots you mentioned. The non-Boston starts look pretty favorable. Okay. Uh, this one, I don't even know what his, his roster percentage is today, but as of two nights ago, it was 71%. So Jack Campbell out of Edmonton finally looks like the goaltender that they traded for, or we're hoping they're trading for. Uh, they have just two games this week. They're not back-to-backs, but it's their favorable matchups against Columbus and Chicago. My guess is they probably split those between Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. Um, but again, just as a spot start option, or, or if Campbell does get two starts for some reason, and he's still available in your league, uh, go give him a look. What did he do? The others, 
well, they've been playing better of late, but they're just they were just three points back of Seattle for second place in the division. Uh, Campbell's five zero and zero in his last five starts with a two point two zero goals against average, a nine twenty two save percentage, and one point five six goals saved above expected. Uh, Kane's back from injury. The team's looking to go on run here. There's going to be some trade deadline acquisitions at some point. Um, I think owning either of Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell is a good option at this point. Uh, notes his eight ninety nine even strength save percentage is his third worst of his career. And the Oilers' PK has been awful this year. And Campbell's 831 PK save percentage probably reflects that. Um, but it also suggests, Mike, that we could see an improvement in his numbers at that PK save percentage. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Alrighty, And then, as Bruce had mentioned earlier, uh, they got some goaltending issues in Florida. So Alex Lyon is currently the guy. Maybe give him a look. Uh, I don't have a full breakdown. He's only 2% rostered. So if you, again, need a spot start in Alex Lyon starting for Florida, uh, I would give him a look. Guys, I have one strange waiver wire suggestion for the week. Do it. All right. So this one's going to be slightly vague. (laughs) On November 5th, Matthew Kachuk of the Florida Panthers took his stick and tried to stick it inside the mask. Well, he didn't try. He did stick it inside the mask of Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings. Okay. And it was done on purpose and Kachuk got suspended for it. Uh, they play each other again this week for the first time since that incident. Okay, and that game is on Friday the 27th, so it's late in the week. Now, the big players, Matthew Kachuk, guys like Drew Doughty, who have kind of had bad blood in the past, yep. you, obviously, you obviously can't get them. Like, they're already owned on every team in every league. So what you might want to consider here, just for a, a late week, one-night pickup, is look for some peripheral guys who might get into some action when the fireworks go off. A few names just to throw out here. You might have some of your own, but again, this is the Friday night game between LA and Florida. You're looking at Brendan Lemieux for the LA Kings. Uh, Fourth liner, you're not going to get any offense, but that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for penalty minutes if your league uses those, obviously. And hits. And hits. Uh, Ryan Lomberg, another fourth liner. He's from Florida Panthers. And then uh, if he's available to you, uh, Ratko Gudis is probably a decent name to, to throw in there as well. I, I like Gudis there too. Yeah, he's kind of a hits monster, so I could see him trying to rough up somebody. So that that's that's kind of your strange uh, waiver wire ad for the week is look for something on Friday <laughs> night, fireworks between Florida and L.A. I will be watching the highlights of that game on Friday night for sure. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Um, Let's move on to our weekly rankings powered by left wing lock. So each week we go through and we do our top 200 rankings, just some highlights focusing on the rankings, risers, fallers, and new to the list. And because Mike is kind enough to do this for us, he's going to run through them for us each week. So Mike, I'm going to hand it off to you. Have some fun. All right. Uh, first up on the list of risers is Frederick Anderson out of Carolina. He jumps 44 spots to number 23 overall. And so while a ton of fantasy hockey managers were burned last week when the Hurricanes sent uh, Piotr Kochetkov back to the AHL, there was one very happy NHL goalie, and that's Freddie Anderson. He's locked in as the number one guy in Carolina. He has four straight wins since coming back from injury. And during that time, he's produced a save percentage of 941. Uh, Anderson's on, 
Anderson is on one of the best teams in the league, and he'll be a formidable fantasy hockey goalie the rest of the way. Yep. We've got him on our team, Bruce, uh, in that one league, and we're happy to have him back. Yep. Yeah, he's, you know, outside of like one kind of weak season in Toronto, that guy has been like solid consistency in fantasy hockey for years. Yep. And there's always just that little bit of a concern for the injury bug with him, right? Like there's just, that's the only concern, but yeah, he's been fantastic. Yeah. So uh, Jack Hughes was on the list last week. Uh, he jumped 17 spots last week, and this week he jumps an additional 30 spots. He now is at 39th overall on the list. And wow. Devin can swear to this that I put him on the list before tonight's game, or before today's game, yep. uh, which he put up even more points again today. <laughs> uh, Hughes continues to generate shots at a career-high pace. He's now at 4.5 shots per game, and since the new year, He's been averaging 5.7 shots per game, which is just wow. absurd. It's wow. just, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, going into Sunday's games, he had 15 points in nine games since January 1st. He remains on pace for 102 points overall. And looking at all of his luck metrics, there's no good reason to believe that his production is going to cool off. I, I want to see it. I, I just hope he stays healthy. Exactly. Our last riser of the week is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from the Edmonton Oilers. He jumps 19 spots to number 58th overall on the list. So the Hacks believe that Nugent Hopkins was an all-star snub this year, uh, but he was not snubbed by left-wing lock in this week's risers list. He posted four points in three games this past week to bring his total to 57 points in 48 games. Managers should watch this situation kind of carefully, though, as Nugent Hopkins' shooting percentage sits at a lofty 19.6%. And so I added a little note here at the end that, at least in fantasy hockey, he might be someone you consider offering up in a trade. You might be able to get some decent value back here. Yeah, I, I noticed his shot volume has has not been great, right? It's not it's not terrible, but it's not great by any means. Um, I I felt he was an all star snub, but I mean you can't send every Evanston Oilers to the All Star game, right? So uh, there's, there's they got to draw a line somewhere. So I I don't know. It's just too bad. Like in a year where he's he may score close to 100 points, he's not gonna not gonna be an All Star. And just ask John. We love we love Ryan Nugent Hopkins around here. We sure do. We sure do. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and of course, you know the real drawback here is, like you said, like this, this is the season where he's putting up all these points, and it's somewhat luck inflated. So the yeah. chances of seeing him do that in the future are are low, and so yeah. for him to be rewarded for that is is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I know he probably doesn't care as long as they can do something this year. Like you know, if they can go on a deep playoff run, that's that's all these guys care about. I think even Zach Hyman isn't he? He's on pace for close to forty goals this year. Yeah. Like it's just incredible what those guys are doing right now, it, it, offensively, and I, I don't think any of them care about the points of the All Star game, truthfully. But as a fan, you, you'd like to see him get rewarded for it, right? Sure. All right, our our three fallers for this week. First up is Vincent Trocheck, New York Rangers center. He drops nine slots to number sixty two overall. 
The former Carolina Hurricane went scoreless this past week and he's mired in a cold spell that has him producing just a single point over his last eight games. Trocek is on pace for 55 points, just edging out his 51-point total from last season. With a low shooting percentage of 9.2% and a low team even strength shooting percentage of 6.2%, there's a good reason for managers to anticipate a modest upswing in Trocek's performance down the stretch. Uh, We also like his shot production, which sits at 3.1 shots per game. Now, I don't know if it was the right move or not, Bruce, but I ended up dropping Matt Barzal and keeping Trocek when we had to bring Skinner back onto our roster. Stuart Skinner. Yeah, that would be safe because I don't think anybody knows how to score goals under the Islander system. <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. appear that way. It doesn't <laughs> really rough time, right? Yeah. Yikes. Next up is Aaron Ekblad, a defenseman from the Florida Panthers. He drops 23 spots. He's now 109 overall on the list. It's hard to find a fantasy manager with a more glum look on his face than owners of Aaron Ekblad. The Florida Blue Liner had just one point in four games this week, and he left Saturday's game early with an upper body injury of unknown seriousness. His shot production is down this season to just 2.6 shots per game. That's down from three shots per game last season. And his IPP sits at just 25%. Uh, I've noticed that his name has popped up in several fantasy roster questions this past week, asking if he can be dropped. And I'm finding it more and more difficult to say no. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy that I've kind of just avoided the last couple of years. Like, not that I didn't like him, but stuff like this, right? And then he had a great year last year, but I didn't expect that to continue this year. I, I thought there'd be like Huberto, um, just thinking of the Florida Panthers, right? It was, yeah. And Mike, I know you had talked to this lots in, in the draft kits, and like we were all on the same page, I think, on Huberto, right? None of us expected him to be the 100 and whatever point player he was um, last year. So I missed that page in the draft kit. (laughs) (laughs) I just know, well, Shandell had asked us about it on, on Twitter as well. I know Bruce, you had trouble with it. I was just avoiding that guy like the plague this year. And the thing is in ESPN, he's on the, you can't drop list. So I can't even drop him even if I wanted to. Oh man. (laughs) He's locked in there. I, so he just sits on the bench. That's brutal. Brutal. All right. Last up is David Perron from the Detroit Red Wings. Right wing. He has dropped 26 spots to number 115 overall. Well, Perron landed on the score sheet this past week with three points in four games. Those three points that he generated were all that he's had over the past 12 games dating back to December 29th. The Detroit winger has 30 points in 45 games. And even after accounting for this recent cold streak, this is a reasonable expectation of his performance going forward. He's essentially a 55-point guy on a weak team. And that's the Detroit Red Wings who ranked 23rd in goal production this season. I'm scared to drop him though, Mike. I'll be honest. We've got him in our our Yahoo League, Bruce. Uh, Or maybe that's my FHHL team. But I just... I don't know. He's one of those guys, like, I just, maybe he'll put up some more points, but I, I keep fingers crossed. I, I'm sure he won't, but 
The second you drop him is when he'll put up a hat trick and five points or something. <laughs> Just your luck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And we have one new addition to the list this week. It's Rasmus Anderson out of Calgary. He debuts on the list at number 187 overall. Uh, he has quietly generated 33 points in 47 games this season on pace for 58 points. He takes about two shots per game. He blocks about two shots per game. And he's on the top power play unit, seeing over three minutes of power play ice time per game. The only concern right now for Anderson owners is that his uh, production is a little bit higher than usual on shooting percentage, and it sits at about 7.1%. Good option if he's Melpa D, if he's still available mm-hmm. for some reason. I didn't realize he's on pace for that many points. That's, didn't that's either. impressive. All right. Well, that thanks, Mike. Um, if you guys want to know more about the top 200 rankings, be sure to go check them out on the website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Uh, the rankings menu or option is in the main menu. Uh, and that'll do it for another week. So we'll be back next week with the Week 17 NHL Fantasy Preview, Episode 99. Uh, if you have any questions between now and then, send them to us, fantasyhockeyhacks at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at FHHacks or on Instagram at uh, fantasyhockeyhacks. Uh, be sure to go check out leftwinglock.com or on Twitter at left underscore wing underscore lock. This <laughs> um, <laughs> is a tongue twister every time I do it. I know it's not that hard, but anyway, uh, Mike, thanks for being here. Bruce, as always, and John, uh, nice to see you make an appearance. Hopefully, it'll be two consecutive weeks. Oh, yeah. Next episode. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll we'll talk to you boys next week. (laughs) Good night. Take care. Bye. Bye, Felicia.